Mark, welcome to the podcast. Super pumped to have you on, brother. Great to be here, man. So let's get at it, I guess, and uh, start getting people charged up with some testosterone. <laughs> yeah. I've been following you on TikTok, and I wanted to dive into your story, your fitness story. Yeah, Take me back when you were younger, and you were in shape, and you were fit, and things were working yeah. well, and then into the point where things started to fall off. When I was a teenager, I was outside a lot, very active. You know, I'm 51, so back in the, the 80s, you, you, that's what you kind of did, because there was no phones, right? So you had to get outside. And I was actually had abs back then, so I was doing all right. Then probably my early 20s, I got married young, uh, 23. So the, the family took over. And I you know, started to drop off a little bit, the, started to pack on the fat. And by my late 20s, I was fat, tired, and getting real you know, out of shape. And I started to develop anxiety panic attacks, and what I didn't know at the time, but I do know now, is that genetically I'm predisposed to panic attacks, performance anxiety. So I didn't know that at the time. And my doctor, he put me on anti-anxiety-lowering you know, meds. Yeah. And again, I didn't know this, but it uh, brings down testosterone further and yeah. actually pushes up estrogen. So I started piecing that together way down the road, but uh, it got to a point in my life where these anxiety drugs, I was just dragging my butt out of bed. And I was running the, the family business that my dad built from the ground up. So I was really struggling to get to work, answer phones with my anxiety. And my wife gave me the kick in the ass that I needed. She basically said to me, listen, you're not the man that I married. You've got to do something about this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, what age? So, what age did you go on uh, the medications, and then how long had you been on them? I was on them for probably three to four years. Okay, my late twenties. And were you yeah. still training at all during this time? I wasn't training at all. Not at all. Okay, nothing. No, I didn't start training till my to about thirty-four years of age. Yeah. Okay, so you just naturally were just yeah. physically active, but never actually trained until later. I did train my dad steel fabrication. And okay, yeah. he made a, a little gym in the home there. So I was lifting, I was doing bench press and a few things like that. Oh, that's cool. Um, for about probably a year. So <laughs> I guess that helped me back in my yeah. teenage years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your but, wife says you need to fucking do something. Yeah. She, you know, gave me the kick in the ass that I needed. You know, four kids. Yeah. And a beautiful wife. And I'm just falling to shit. So sometimes that nudge really gets you in the right direction. So I thought to myself, I can hire a personal trainer or I can pay to be, I can go through a personal training school and become one. Yeah. So that's what I did. I paid the money, went through the course. I had no intention of training anybody. I just wanted to, I like to figure things out and see how things work mechanistically. And after I went through the course, I was following that food pyramid. And for three years, I tried to get lean. Couldn't do it. What was, your, what, was, what was your weight, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so I was about 82 kilos. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not, not a tall guy. I'm 5'6", so. Okay. Yeah. Not a tall guy, yeah. 
And for three years, I struggled. I'd try a couple of times each year to get lean, and I'd see the abs, but I'd just feel flat, and I'd feel like I was losing my muscle. So I did that for three years, and my wife and I went for a walk uh, one Thursday afternoon, just after five, and she said to me, honey, you look good in a T-shirt. You don't need to see your abs. <laughs> I'm thinking, shit. So what, what I thought to myself, how can I solve this next problem? So I started searching online, and I found this website called Intense Muscle. And this is where a lot of professional bodybuilders hang out. So I decided to hire one. His name was Scott Stevenson. He's got a PhD in applied exercise physiology. And seven months later, I've got the abs. I'm 10% body fat. And the nutrition and training was completely different. So that was my first glimpse at the system and how their advice just doesn't fit everybody. What was, what was, what was your training before? And then how did you modify your training to actually start to get results? Have you heard of dog crap training? Oh yeah, I I yeah, love that. I've done I've done a few cycles of yeah. that. It's it's great. Yeah, that's what I went. I I started with with uh, Scott, and that's kind of what he specialises in. And I was doing a lot of that, and just less volume. And I've actually done my genetics with my mentor, and I've got fast twitch muscle fibers, so it really lend lended well to that. Yeah. yeah. Just for everybody listening, dog crap is usually what it's like an upper body lower body split. A, B, rotation, you lift three days a week and you do like a heavy set and then maybe a back off set with a rest, a rest pause set, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically, let's say bench press, you, you yeah. just 12 reps and you go to failure, 10 to 15 breaths, really deep breaths, and you do another set, you probably get three or four. Again, you repeat those breaths and you probably get two or three. And it was all the failure, and I, I, I love that training. You're in and out of the gym really quickly, yeah. and I was just packing on the muscle, yeah. How, how long did you train that way for? Well, I trained off and on. I, I did that for the, the seven months to that place, and then I started doing West Side Barbell. Okay. <laughs> training like that. Yeah, so I was okay. going all over the place, man. I, was just, I just love to experiment, see which what works. And I knew dog crap training worked, but I wanted to, put, you know, uh, Put on as much strength as I could too. So that's another thing. That's why I went down Westside Barbell. That's awesome. I'm curious with your Widowmakers, what what exercise would you pick for your legs? Your Widowmaker leg set. Squats, man. Yeah. You'd use it. So you'd go for a squats with a bar. Yeah. yeah so Brutal. basically, <laughs> you'd you'd work up to a heavy set of about eight to ten reps with uh, dog crap. Yeah. And you back off to a widow maker, and I was doing yeah squats. I was you know I just love squats, man. Yeah, it's one of my best moves. That's awesome. Okay, so you've gotten in pretty good shape. You're lean. You can see your abs, and kind of where do things go from here? Are you still on medication at this time, or are you feel like off- less less anxiety, less panic attacks? Oh man, I felt sharp. I was strong. I was fired up. Yeah, but I was on TRT at the time too. Okay, when did you decide to go on TRT? Well, when my doctor checked my testosterone, it was down below 250. Okay. Yeah. So that was the medication for three to four years. And plus, I was eating a lot of inflammatory food. I had insulin resistance, so that lowers testosterone again. So everything that I was doing was just crushing me. And I was drinking beer. That's estrogenic too. So back then, I was just a mess. And 
the anxiety was debilitating, man, panic attacks. It, my first panic attack, I thought I was having a heart attack and I went to hospital. So, Wow. And <laughs> so this is when you're on TRT. Ah, uh, this is before. before. So yeah, after that ahead. first panic attack, it was two days after Christmas, that's when he put me on anti-anxiety meds, yeah. Okay, and then now you're on TRT and anti-anxiety meds or you finally came off of those? I came off of those, yeah. Like as oh, soon as I started to, you know, train weights, it just made me feel more alive and I weaned myself off that yeah, without his help. So I did that myself and I didn't tell him because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want him to know if you know what I mean. So yeah. that's what I did, yeah. That's, that's, that's great. And then how long were you on TRT? What did you notice were the benefits and side effects? Well, for T TRT, it worked for me for quite some years. Then in my mid-40s, my health started to go down again. The business was under a lot of financial stress, so I just kind of – Forgot everything that I learned, and I was just trying to survive day to day. Yeah, and totally. I, I, this was 2016, 2017. I told myself this story: when my life gets easier, then I'll have time for myself. So I just wanted to get through the end of 2016 and 2017. Then I was going to get back on track. But that's that's not what happened. I got fat again. I had insulin resistance, and I didn't even know that that's what I was. I had, and my my prostate. It was inflamed, it was enlarged, and my red blood cells were up. So TRT wasn't working for me anymore. And I didn't feel it either. I didn't feel testosterone. And I later learned from my mentor, Dr. J, that you can get testosterone resistance. So that's basically what happened to me, yeah. So testosterone resistance is you're taking in exogenous testosterone and it's just not working anymore? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, the, the receptors so, pull back because you got so much testosterone coming, and I was taking a bit more than I should have too. Yeah, so I was <laughs> how much? Do, how much were you prescribed, and then what were you taking? Double what I was prescribed in the end to try and you know feel testosterone again. So I probably made things worse, <laughs> and that yeah. would have inflamed the prostate. My my prostate function wasn't great, and yeah, man, I just started to crash and burn. I didn't know what to do. And so how long were you on and then when did you decide to come off? It was close to 10 years. And what happened, uh, 2017, that blood work was done, but I also had severe autoimmune issues like asthma. And my pop died of an asthma attack when I was 16. And that's terrifying when you see someone die of an asthma attack. And in October 2017, there was a few nights there that I thought I was going to die. So did my wife scary yeah it was so i went to my classically trained doctor and he said there's nothing you can do you know all you can do is move because i live on the edge of town where there's a lot of farmers dust he called it and the cats i had cats and he said they're gonna trigger asthma and that didn't sit too well with me i i wasn't fucking happy with that man so i started to search for my own answers again because that's mechanistically what how i think and I found Dr. Ken Berry. Do you know of Dr. Ken? No. Okay. So he's an MD doctor. Same deal with Ken. Like trained as an MD, followed the pyramid scheme of, of nutrition. And he was running. He was doing everything that he was supposed to do. And he got to close to 300 pounds. And he was pre-diabetic. And he thought, 
probably like me, there's got to be another way. So he looked at the new research and he found that there is another way. So what he did is go low-carb ketogenic. He dropped the weight, his testosterone went up, and he said to me several times, so I've done podcasts with Dr. Ken, that he feels as good at 53 as he did in his 20s. That's amazing. And he yeah. that is because of keto or other factors as well? Because of keto, yeah. Like you just, it's just, it's an, the standard diet's hugely inflammatory and it's packed full of estrogen like chemicals, you know, seed oils and all of that garbage. It just raises inflammation. When inflammation goes up, cortisol's up, testosterone's down. And to make matters worse, when that's the case, your free tea goes through an enzyme called aromatase and turns into estrogen. So you really go in a fat storing mode, you feel like garbage. Got it. So you're taking some of your free tea and you're converting it when you have too many estrogen-producing things in your body or you have high inflammation. Exactly. And cortisol does that too. Yeah. So what was your diet like before you decided to switch to ketogenic? Like, Take me through like so, a sample meal uh, day. Yeah. What, what Scott taught me to do when I dropped all that body fat in those seven months was carb backloading. Heard of that before? From my understanding, it's, you know, being low carb for a while and then maybe taking a day or two and eating higher carbs or is it different? Yeah. So basically six days a week, carb, uh, protein and fat, and then at nighttime, eat your carbs. So carb backloading. Okay. Then on Sunday, he taught me to do what's called a refeed, lots and lots of carbs. So that's how I was eating back then. Yeah. And what foods were working well for you and have you since changed those up? Well, the thing about foods is that you can get food sensitivities that drive autoimmune disease. Yeah. And what I've learned from experts in this space that it gets to a, you get to a certain age and then all bets are off. The autoimmune diseases go up. So I got arthritis. I've had five shoulder surgeries. Then I had asthma, colitis. So all of those things in 2016 – 2017 really started to take its toll on me. So you get to a point where your immune system is just crap. It's just driven by those uh, food sensitivities. And then switching to keto, did that help get rid of some of these autoimmune disorders? Exactly. So what I've learned is that keto is a great place to heal the body. So my colitis, my asthma, my arthritis, my high blood pressure, that all went. Insulin resistance went along with it, but I didn't thrive there. I was doing okay for about two to two and a half years there. And I was on keto religiously because I, I, I believed in my heart that it saved my life from asthma attacks. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't finish there. I didn't finish there. What, uh, what was your meal plan eating keto? I know people would be really curious. Just how did you structure and what did you eat specifically? Yeah, I was basically doing intermittent fasting. So it'd be either an 18-6 or, you know, similar to that. So I was eating the bulk of my foods, you know, strictly keto in those that short eating uh, window, yeah. And what would you usually have for your first meal and following that? Basically just protein, leafy greens, and high fat, yeah. So that's what keto is. It's, it's very restrictive, and that's another reason why I don't eat keto anymore. 
it's um it's a bit of a journey to get uh, all of your pathways working with keto because you've had carbs you know in your body for so long all of these ketogenic pathways yep. slow down so it's a bit of a rocky journey getting into ketosis and it's oh, not yeah. for everyone you know what i mean yeah it seems though if you're insulin resistant it's a good way to get your sugars in your blood down and if you do have some kind of sensitivity to some kind of you know grain or whatever it might be you know you can eradicate that inflammation but you you exactly. noticed that there was a limitation so then how did you decide to pivot and where did you pivot from there yeah so basically the beginning of 2020 you know, I, I knew how to get lean and muscular, and I got my testosterone back up to about 483. It's the best that I got it, and around about 400. It was bouncing around there, and I thought, that's pretty good. You know, I was on TRT. I got off, and that's where my testosterone is now. But I couldn't get lean again. You know, I got to about 15 14% body fat, and I was just like, there's got to be another way. You know, I'm trying to solve problems again. So I reached out to Dr. Ken Berry. We had a conversation. And he put me in contact with my current mentor and coach, Dr. Anthony J. And that's where everything changed. So Dr. J, five-year PhD in hormones and cholesterol. And he, also, he worked at the Mayo Clinic for 12 years alongside geneticists. So he's a genetic expert. And that was an absolute key insight. See, what we do is eat to our genetic blueprint. So we know exactly what foods we thrive on. And we also know what foods crush us. So once you get your genetic blueprint figured out, it makes things so much easier. Oh, I imagine. Where can people go to get a genetic blueprint? Well, you, basically, you've got all these companies that, that you'll go and buy the kit. So the DNA kit comes to you. You spit in it, you send it back, and they do your DNA analysis. Now, I've done a few of these from different companies, so they'll give you basic recommendations, and a lot of them are still all geared towards the food pyramid. So they're not ideal. They're not going to get you, you know, high-performance results. Yeah. So Dr. J, he's, he looks at functional medicine and new research. So all his recommendations are based on that, and it's his own software. Got it. So he does software. the genetic testing himself, or he exactly. takes it and analyzes it himself. Yeah, so basically... What, what, when you go to one of these companies like 23andMe or Ancestry, you'll, you'll send your, your sample away to them and they'll do a DNA analysis of it. They'll sequence your, your genome and that's, they give you what's called the raw DNA data file. So okay. if you've done 23andMe or Ancestry, you've got access to that. So what, I, uh, what Dr. J got me to do is download the raw DNA data file. I send it to him. He puts it in his software and prints out a PDF report about how to eat to your genetics. That's amazing. So it's like getting blood work. All blood work's the same. It's just yeah. you're just having somebody else analyze your blood work for you. What were some exactly. things you discovered for you that work well eating based on your genetics? Yeah, that's a great question, man. So when I was a teenager, I didn't like vegetables too much at all. Like I when I was uh, 16, 17, I just craved steak and eggs. Oh, okay. So, yeah, steak and eggs. And then when I went, Dr. J went over my DNA with me. I've got massive food sensitivities. And a lot of these food sensitivities come from natural plant insecticides from vegetables. 
So when I eat a lot of vegetables, it causes inflammation and cortisol to go up, brings down testosterone. So I don't eat a lot of vegetables these days, if you know what I mean. And yeah. I, I also learned that I'm somewhat carbohydrate intolerant. I eat carbs every single day, but I don't eat above a certain level of carbohydrates because if you do, the blood glucose goes up and it slowly drives insulin resistance again. So my, uh, my personal carbohydrate threshold is about 100 grams a day. Okay, so pretty low. Yeah, yeah, pretty low. What do you, what do you take in to get your 100 grams out of curiosity? Well, because I've got so many food sensitivities, basically for me, it's potatoes, white potatoes, and also rice. But there's a problem with that. I'm sensitive to uh, plant lectins. So I've got to peel the skin off the potatoes and boil them to get rid of most of those plant lectins. And the That's same true. is true for rice. So what I do is soak the rice for at least four hours, and that gets rid of a lot of those plant insecticides like lectins, oxalates, tannins, things like that. Can you notice a difference if you don't do that and eat the oh, potatoes yeah. and rice? <laughs> yeah, if, if I'm off, I, I can, I track my sleep. And if I have some a poor day nutritionally, then I can just notice my sleep comes down and you just don't feel as activated. You know what I mean? It happens pretty fast for me. So I'm very sensitive to these plants. Yeah. Very interesting. And I know you talk a lot about foods producing estrogens in the body. Are there foods that are common for most people that produce especially men estrogen in the body yeah a lot so any boxed foods cereals foods that come in a jar they're packed with uh you know their preservatives a lot of them are estrogen like uh a lot of what i learned from dr j is that grains all the non-organic they they put weed killer on them and they're potent estrogenic and a lot of them that, uh, that the cheaper grains, they've also got a lot of mold toxins in them and that's a potent estrogenic as well. So we eat, we're eating these foods and it's the biggest problem with these uh, pesticides and whatnot is they're estrogen-like. So when we eat them, these estrogen-like chemicals go into the bloodstream and the body thinks that it's estrogen. And when estrogen gets above a certain level in your body, shuts down testosterone. And to make matters worse, it presses down on all your estrogen receptors and puts you in fat storing mode. And your energy comes down. So you feel like garbage. And I've also learned that we've got a tolerance, a chemical tolerance to these. And the older we get, the worse it becomes. It makes a lot of sense. What are other things in the environment that produce estrogens in the body? Oh, man. Or things that you've changed specifically in your life to reduce those estrogens? All personal care products come with these estrogen-like chemicals in them. So there's a lot of natural products you can get out there that are safe. So that's the ones that I use. So there's are, a lot of problems with those ones. What do you look for? What are, what are things to look for to look for uh, yeah. self-care products that don't have these chemicals in them? Basically natural compounds right so i'll just say natural but they'll say paraben free they'll say chemical free natural products so i've got my own list of these things yeah but um it, it's a minefield out there like an example of this i learned from a phd tylenol is estrogen like and testosterone lowering 
Wow. We learned from Dr. Ken Berry that most big pharma drugs, they're estrogen-like, testosterone-lowering. So as men, we're just being bombarded with all kinds yeah. of external or products producing estrogen in the body, blocking testosterone. Yeah. yeah, and another important thing to understand is that scientists have tested 100% of homes and offices and they've found these chemicals in those samples. So it's, uh, it's a nightmare out there for a lot of men. So once you eliminate the vast majority of these chemicals, you know, the one that's coming in you know, through the air, our liver can actually get rid of them. It's not a big load. So you want to think about this as a chemical load. Now, fry pans, nonstick fry pans, uh, they're coated with estrogen-like chemicals, and we cook our food on it, goes into the food, we eat it, and we got estrogen in our body. So that's a problem too. So if basically what you want to do is just get personal care products that are safe, change your cookware, but also your clothes, synthetic clothes have these chemicals in it like polyesters. And what Dr. J explained to me is that when you heat up and you, you're in these clothes for a long time, these polyesters, they leach into the bloodstream, they'll through the skin, and they'll just start climbing up. And again, when it starts climbing up, it shuts you down. So if you think about your clothes, your fry pans, your personal care products, if you fix those, you're a long step in the right direction. And what I did, you know, most of my clothes were polyester, so I slowly replaced them. But the ones that I was in most of the time, I replaced those, you know, ASAP. So I was, I, I wasn't wearing those anymore. So did you turn like your workout gear to just cotton or cotton? Yeah, synthetic fibers, cotton, bamboo, things like that. Awesome. That's uh, that's really good. So you got your testosterone. It was below two hundred. You went on TRT. It got high, and then you were able to naturally get it back to four something. Now incorporating uh, all these new protocols, what were you able to get your testosterone up to? Yeah, so my testosterone now bounces between six and seven hundred, around about there. And what, as Dr. J went over my genetics, I've got better androgen receptors than most people. So your androgen receptors have got polyglutamine repeats. And how many polyglutamine repeats you've got, the less potent testosterone is in your, is in your body. So some people can have, say, 22, 23 polyglutamine repeats. Mine is about 18 and 19 polyglutamine repeats. So for me, six or 700 uh, feels a certain way. And for somebody with longer polyglutamine repeats, eight or 900 will feel about the same. So we're all different, yeah. Definitely. So what's some of your best advice when it comes to training for men to help raise their testosterone? Oh, man, you've, you've got to train in the gym to push up testosterone. See, a lot of people go in there way too hard, and they, they push hard and hard and hard. So what's going to happen? Cortisol goes up, and when cortisol goes up, you can't make testosterone, so it comes down in that session. Now, when you build muscle, I don't know whether you – do you know about mTOR, mechanistic target of rapamycin? Yeah, but tell me more. Yeah. So it's a big protein complex. You've got complex one and complex two. So the, the thing about cortisol is when it's up, it inhibits both of those complexes. And if it stays up too high too long, it actually degradates branch chain amino acids in the muscle cell. 
So the whole idea that, you know, when I train and help men train in the gym is to push up testosterone and keep cortisol at healthy levels, especially when you come out of that gym, because that's when all the muscle building goes on. If you think about day after day after day, if you're repeating that, you're repeating that, you're packing on the muscle. But because cortisol is a healthy level, you're still you're ripping off the body fat too. Yeah. So training not too much. Well, you want to you, you want to stretch your training like over twelve weeks. So what I do is three to four weeks where I'm just training at cruise pace. So I'm damaging the muscle, I'm building muscle. But then you want to stretch, have a stretch week, and push it hard, and do everything in your power to lower cortisol after you get out of that gym session there's many things you can do too like there's certain supplements you can take to do that argma time is a is a pretty uh, easy one to use so there's a lot of things you can do so over 12 weeks i cruise for three or four then i push hard then i back off and cruise for three or four then push hard and that's kind of how i step and uh, manage my training sessions yeah that's awesome and do you have recommendations for foods for men to eat to raise testosterone yeah um, there's there's what what i do what dr j taught me to do is anything i put in and on my body i've put it through what i call the androgen pathway test so there's a lot of foods that have phytoestrogens in them so men want to stay clear of those because they mimic estrogen so if you do a quick google search you'll find out what those are there's so many things that have phytoestrogens in them. Wow. Then you, you want to steer clear of foods that aren't organic because they've got the chemicals in them. So if you think about it, these chemicals, we're eating these chemicals and they're in our bloodstream. They're going past our testicles. They're going into our heart, into our brain. Should we really have those chemicals inside our body? And what I've also learned from Dr. J is that when these chemicals are in your body, your liver's got to clean them out. So your body is financing wars it can't pay for. And the second thing I learned from Dr. J is that testosterone is a luxury for the body to make. And there's a lot of studies out now that if you're in severe calorie restriction, you're going to have low testosterone, but you also have low thyroid hormone. And thyroid hormone, as I've learned, is the key to it all. It will boost testosterone through the roof. Oh, that's super interesting. So... How do you, does one develop a strong thyroid? Uh, you know, basically, you've got to trigger every single morning what scientists call a precise circadian entrainment. So we, all of our cells have got these clocks in them. And when we go outside in the morning and we get uh, about 100,000 lux to the retina, it triggers a pathway to stimulate thyroid-stimulating hormone to release. Now, very quickly. So the earlier you get the sun in the morning or through light therapy, you're going to trigger thyroid hormone to go up, but also keep cortisol at healthy levels. So sun in the morning, sun in the afternoon is a long step in the right direction. But you've also got to understand that thyroid hormone is so sensitive. Lots of things can take it out. Low-calorie diet, yo-yo dieting. Stress, so if you're emotionally stressed, it can take it out. There's, there's so many things that can take it out. And it's a nutrient-hungry hormone. So that means you need adequate levels of vitamins and minerals to keep it turning 24-7. So there's a lot, a lot of things we've got to do to optimize thyroid. And I've also learned that there's 
28 patterns of thyroid dysfunction. Wow. You've got six autoimmune patterns. So if you've got Hashimoto's and you're in that group, you, you can fix that. If it, if it hasn't gone too far, you can reverse that damage. Then you've got 22 metabolic patterns, and you can fix that with nutrition when you do a comprehensive thyroid panel. Uh, that's that's super great information. So men that are listening that were probably, you know, that are in the place that you were, maybe they feel tired, anxious, sick, and they just don't feel good. They don't have that V8 going. What are your yeah. recommendations? Like a good place, like do these three to five things to begin your path, moving some momentum forward. Yeah, well, it, this is a non-negotiable for me. You get the morning sun or you get light therapy, right? Uh, coming from Professor Huberman, you know, pretty smart dude, you've got to get 100,000 lux of photons to the retina to trigger all of these hormones to go in the up position. So that morning sun, if it's sunny, about 10 minutes. If it's overcast, 15 to 20 minutes. If it's raining, 30 to 40 minutes. But you can also use light therapy for the same result. So in the winter here, I use light therapy. So I, I, it's like an unfair advantage, I guess, because you can't get the sun. And if you think about it through an evolutionary lens, our ancestors, when it was winter, there wasn't a lot of sun, so their thyroid hormone came down. And that was to preserve energy for the long, cold winter. But when summer came around, they got out in the sun 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning, you're producing more thyroid hormones. The thyroid hormone boosts testosterone, fat loss, muscle growth, brain function. So what you want to think about in the winter is getting a light therapy to hack the system to, to push up thyroid hormone. And the sun is, is the key to it all. And the afternoon sun, what it also does is helps raise melatonin for deep restorative sleep. So in the first four hours, your body can create up to 50 to 70% of its testosterone in a short four-hour window. Oh, very interesting. So yeah. number one thing is getting sunlight. What would be the next thing that would be super important for guys to start doing to get their natural testosterone back up? Well, you've got, to, you've got to have a foundation, right? So you've got to find out where you're broken. If you've got insulin resistance, fatty liver, if you've got some kind of autoimmune disease, so you need a comprehensive blood panel to find out where you're busted. So it's, if you don't know where you're busted, you, you can't really pull down on any levers to fix that problem in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Right, so you've got to work out where you're busted. You could have poor kidney health, you could have poor liver health, which you can recover from. So that's what you've got to work out first. You've got to find out where you're busted. The second thing is you've got to get these chemicals out of your body because if those two things are true, your body is financing wars it can't pay for. So your testosterone is always going to be low. So that's the foundation, figuring out where your body is busted and then getting those chemicals out. And the next key piece of the puzzle is just understanding that your body is a pathway and enzyme machine. And to keep all these pathways doing 24-7, you need optimal levels of vitamins and minerals. So if you don't have optimal levels, these pathways slow down and you slow down. You can get brain fog, you can get headaches, and your body simply can't make thyroid or testosterone or any of those hormones we need to push up. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Well, Mark, 
where is a good place for people to follow you? I know you have a couple uh, eBooks uh, with great information in them too as well. How do people find you? Well, just search me on TikTok there and just yeah, search on Google for Mark Iron and you should be able to find me pretty easily there. And is there anything up and coming you're working on or uh, will continue to be uh, releasing? Yeah, man. Like I'm putting out a couple of workshops in a, in a couple of weeks, paid workshops that is. Uh, I find that people value things in direct proportion with what they you know, think they're worth. So these free workshops no one turns up to. So these paid workshops is what I'm, I'm going to you know, start to do for people. But I'm going to give them though, all of that foundation to show them how to get their energy back. Worksheets and you know, all of those things. And I'm also coming to Miami in, uh, in America in the next, uh, what's it, three weeks, so the 2nd to the 4th of November. So yep. if anybody's in that area, we can meet up, yeah. That sounds exciting. Well, Mark, I really appreciate you sharing your story, putting this information out there. Very helpful, uh, taking control of your health and not, you know, uh, I, I imagine there's a lot of men out there who are just confused why they're so tired. And so, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, if you look at it, doesn't take too much digging, but everything that the, the, the system says for us to do raises our estrogen, which raises fear and anxiety, which lowers our testosterone. And the big problem that I learned that the lower your testosterone, it eventually causes hypogonadism. Fancy way for saying your manhood is literally shrinking. So, that. Uh, over time, everything the system says comes true. Men's testosterone comes down and we struggle to get lean and muscular and the brain starts to have problems, you know, brain fog and all of those issues. And we think, we think it's us. We think we're lazy losers. But all of these things that are coming into our body and we, if we don't have enough nutrients to keep these pathways turning, if we don't get the sun, we're just up and down all over the place. And as I learned from my mentors, the older you get, the worse it becomes. It definitely makes sense. Well, Mark, I appreciate your time and all your wisdom. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, great to be here. I just, uh, I hope some people have some great takeaways with this. And yeah, we can get our energy back and we can push our testosterone back. And, you know, that's what we should be thinking about doing because, you know, when you're under pressure, what's going to help you? testosterone because it lowers fear and anxiety and increases confidence courage and optimism it gives you that body that you want yeah so it's really focusing on getting your testosterone up naturally yeah it's going yeah. to change everything in your life yeah that's what it's, it's worked for me absolutely yeah that's awesome well again brother thanks so much for being on and i uh i really appreciate it yep great to be here